Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson across the country from my flagship station in Atlanta, Georgia, WSB, where everything is yellow. The pollen, it has just, uh, the pollen is everywhere. It's just, it's terrible. Uh, I got a swollen eyes today. I got like an eye infection or something in one of my eyes. I'm sure it's all pollen related. It's gross. I'm sure you care. Welcome. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, 877-973-7425. We must begin here. Oh, yes. Yes, my friends. Gloom, despair, and agony. When I was a kid, I think it was on Saturday or Sunday, there was a show called Hee Haw. <laughs> Minnie Pearl, if you know her, she was on Hee Haw. That's one of the songs from Hee Haw. I bring it up because of a particular story. It's that time again, boys and girls. It's the time where the media goes ape poop, a technical term, over climate change. The UN is releasing its report, and here we go, straight from USA Today over the weekend. Uh, my buddy Ryan had this in his Twitter feed. He's a meteorologist. He's an expert. He knows what he's talking about. Oh, my gosh. The, the fear porn from the media over climate change. This is from Elizabeth Weiss. The West, once a beacon for all that was new and hopeful in America, could become an example of the grim, apocalyptic future the nation faces from climate change. The last five years have already been harrowing. Whole neighborhoods burned down to foundations. Children kept indoors because the air outside is too dangerous to play in. Killer mudslides of burned debris destroying towns. Blood red skies that are so dark at midday. The street lights come on and postal workers wear headlamps to deliver the mail. And... It's going to get worse unless dramatic action is taken. Two studies published this week forecast. The first predicts the growth of wildfires could cause dangerous air quality levels to increase during fire season by as much as 50% over the next 30 years in the Pacific Northwest and parts of Northern California. A second shows how expected increases in wildfires and intense rain events could result in more devastating flash floods and mudslides across a broad portion of the West. Each study, based on ever more precise climate modeling, follows previous research showing the recent red skies, torched forests and neighborhoods, and catastrophic flooding and mudslides could be the new normal unless carbon emissions are halted soon. I need a cigarette after reading that. <laughs> oh, come on, really? 
unless carbon emissions are halted. By the way, you know, there's been ample research that all the fires out there haven't really been about climate change. But let's pay no attention to the facts. We have fear. We have fear to sell. And here now, the UN Panel on Climate Change, the International Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC. Here's the Associated Press headline world hurtling to climate danger zone breaks half pulled dateline berlin temperatures on earth will shoot past a key danger point unless greenhouse gas emissions fall faster than countries have committed the world's top body of climate scientists said monday warning of the consequences of inaction but also noting Hopeful signs of progress. UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez said the report by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change revealed a litany of broken climate promises by governments and corporations, accusing them of stoking global warming by clinging to harmful fossil fuels. Governments agreed in the 2015 Paris Accord to keep global warming well below 2 degrees Celsius this century ideally no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius. Yet temperatures have already increased by over 1.1 degrees Celsius since pre-industrial times, resulting in measurable increases in disasters, such as flash floods, prolonged droughts, more intense hurricanes, and longer burning wildfires putting human lives in danger and costing governments hundreds of billions of dollars to confront. Oh, me, oh my, um... Whatever happened to that prolonged hurricane season? Because remember, I was told, we were told, they said we could basically have 24-7, 365 hurricane season. Now they've revised it to just more intense hurricane season during the same time of year. Adapt. I bring up the climate change story and the fear porn from the media over the climate story. Not because I care, but because they care overly dramatically. They are convinced the world is going to end unless we do something dramatic. You read that story from USA Today, and what's the solution? We must end our carbon album. Not reduce it. Not reduce it. We must end it. And you know what? That's not going to happen. If all of us tomorrow kill all the cows and hold all of our breaths until we die, there are many more countries on the planet that won't. And a lot of those are countries that are going to increase their exponential uh, production. There are 195 universally recognized countries. There are places like Kosovo and Taiwan that some recognize. But there are 195 countries. Many of those countries are countries that are seeing an increase in their emissions. There are places like China and India, places like Brazil places like Russia, they're not going to stop producing fossil fuels. 
They're not going to stop producing emissions. They're not going to stop living. And then there is the continent of Africa. Africa is ginormous. If you look at your standard map, um, Africa appears in your standard map to be roughly the size maybe of the United States, maybe of Canada. You can fit inside Africa. I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm actually looking at this map right now. When you include Africa, when you include Madagascar, which is part of Africa, the island off the coast of Africa, you can fit into Africa, Eastern Europe, most of Western Europe, the United States, India, China, Japan, and the UK. You can fit all of that into Africa. If you were to put the United States in Africa, it would cover uh, the northwest part of Africa, West Africa, and, and most of Northern Africa. So Algeria, Morocco, Libya it would stretch out there. Europe is even smaller than that. India would cover the Horn of Africa region and, and a little more Kenya, Tanzania in that area. China's pretty big. China is, I would fill up a good chunk of Africa, but you know, you could still fit China, again, China, Japan, the UK, India, Eastern Europe, Italy, Switzerland, Germany, France, Belgium, Spain, Portugal, and the United States would all fit inside Africa. And the Africans are developing. They're third world and they're developing. And Western white people live in fear of air conditioners turning on in Africa. So essentially, the Western world's great idea is to keep Africans in third world hellhole conditions. The same people who brought the slaves out of Africa now want to enslave Africa to a lack of electricity and heat, mosquitoes and the like, because God forbid we should ever let the Africans come into the first world and, and we might all burn up in global war. The, the whole thing is white Western imperialism at large here, the paternalism and the protectionism and the like. I mean, they, they have no plan for what happens if Africa develops other than to make sure they don't. And then you have China pouring all sorts of emissions into the planet. Chinese emissions are going up. Russian emissions going up. Indian emissions going up. They don't care about you and your precious windmills and your solar panels. And, you know, the United States perversely is now subsidizing through the uh, Defense Procurement Act the production of minerals. This is the most insane thing I have heard from the Wall Street Journal. President Biden on Thursday invoked the Defense Production Act to subsidize the mining of certain materials, minerals in the United States. His own administration is using regulations to block. Follow along with me here. This is bizarre. As Mr. Biden notes, government climate policies are driving up demand for critical minerals. An electric car includes huge amounts of graphite, copper, nickel, manganese, cobalt, and lithium. Conventional cars require far less. Solar and wind require more of such minerals than fossil fuel plants. 
global production isn't keeping pace with demand, and most mining is done in countries with low environmental and labor standards, and some of those aren't friendly to the United States. The green lobby in the United States wants to keep minerals in the ground, and Biden regulators are helping. Ioneer Limited has a planned lithium mine in Nevada. It would supply 22,000 metric tons of lithium annually, enough for 400,000 electric cars a year. The U.S. only has one operating lithium mine, and it only produces 5,000 metric tons a year. Green groups claim the mine threatens buckwheat, Thiem's buckwheat, a rare flowering plant, and they accuse Ioneer of destroying it. The Trump Interior Department actually concluded it was squirrels in the area eating the buckwheat. But the Greens have asked the Biden administration to list the buckwheat as an endangered species. So they've proposed the listing and now the lithium mine can't mine the lithium. So the Biden administration is having to use the Defense Procurement Act to get the lithium mine around the regulations for the for the uh, buckwheat. It makes no freaking sense. This is the most bizarre thing. And you have the environmentalists want to keep the lithium in the ground, but you have to have the lithium to have the batteries for the electric cars the environmentalists want. None of this makes any sense. And, of course, they continue to blackball nuclear energy. But the media continues to scare the bejesus out of everyone. The number of children in liberal households, and I say liberal households specifically because it is liberal households who are beginning to fret about global warming. The number of kids who are driven to despair and despondency because they think we're all killing the planet is just about the craziest thing. And you know we have a solution to global warming. We do. It's called stop caring about it. Stop caring about it. We get more efficient over time. We get cleaner over time. The entire history of the Industrial Revolution is that over time, we get better and better and more efficient and less polluting. We adapt. And so adapt. Stop caring about this. The world is not going to end, and you and I are not going to die. We will adapt. We will become more efficient over time. We don't need the government to force us. It helps companies over time to become more efficient. And so we will. But this fear scenario from the media on this stuff that we're all going to die and the West is going to be hellhole, the West is already a hellhole, but that's called the progressives in California, not the environment. The fear scenarios here aren't helpful to anyone other than funding for these scientists, which is why they do it. Just build more nuclear plants to start. You can't be serious that you care about this problem if you're opposed to building more nuclear power plants, and yet so many on the left are. Why? Because they like to scare us. The fear is useful to them. The solutions are not. Why, hello there. It is me. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, 877-973-7425. I've been meaning to talk to you guys about Oberlin College for the last week or so, uh, and it just kept gotten, getting sidelined by all the breaking news and stuff that we've had over time. Uh, but uh, Gibson's Bakery is a 135-year-old family business near Oberlin College. It was awarded more than $40 million in punitive and compensatory damages after a 2016 incident which the owner's son confronted three black Oberlin students who were stealing wine from the store. The suspects were arrested and they admitted to shoplifting, uh, but the school sanctioned protests 
outside the business accusing the business of racism crippled the store's business. Now, keep in mind, they actually showed that despite the students' guilt, Oberlin College and key officials, including its vice president and dean of students, accused the bakery of racial profiling, claimed that the owner and other employees had assaulted students and had a history of racism. The jury heard evidence that the college officials distributed flyers containing these false accusations and encouraged students to boycott and protest the store. I mean, this was like active targeting by Oberlin College, a very progressive college, active targeting against Gibson's Bakery, a 135-year-old family business. So the jury awarded $40 million in punitive and, and compensatory damages. And uh, a state appeals court in Ohio has now upheld the jury verdict against the college. Uh, this was a, what made this situation so interesting and unique was that the progressives at the college themselves actively lied about the business and to try to steer student anger away from the college, steered the student anger to this business, lied about the business, slandered the business, nearly ruined the business, almost drove it to close, all to avoid a student backlash against the university. And it turns out that the individuals involved actually had stolen from the store, actually were guilty, and the university didn't care. And now the university is going to be on the hook for over $30 million, ultimately, from appeal. Good. The college itself should be the one to be driven into bankruptcy and go out of business. Why, hello there. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you would like to be a part of this program. Tiger Woods, I I just, I got to say something just out of of the gate. Uh, Tiger Woods is going to Augusta. He's not sure if he's going to play. Uh, It's going to be a game time decision. And I, I, I say this as well, just to brag, I am going to the Masters this year. The Masters, they start today. Practice rounds today. I've got friends who are over there. And I want to go to a practice round, which are apparently a little more freewheeling and fun. Uh, but a buddy of mine, my buddy Justin, lives over in Augusta. And his family gets tickets every year. I have tried for 20-some-odd years to get tickets to the Masters and have never made it into the lottery. Never made it. And I try every year. And every year, I know I'm going to get rejected. But I got a buddy. He's a good friend. He's got tickets. Now, we were supposed to go last year and obviously couldn't, given COVID and the way they handled the Masters. We're going this year. And I'm going to be over there on Saturday. In fact, I had tickets to go to the Bill Burr comedy show on Friday night, and I just couldn't logistically figure out how to get to the Bill Burr show be out until almost midnight and then have to drive two and a half, three hours to Augusta, battle all the traffic over to Augusta. I don't know, but I'm going to the masters y'all and I'm excited. My golf game sucks. doesn't matter. The masters are wonderful and Tiger Woods is going to be there. We don't know if he will play. We don't know. He might. I got good golf clubs for Christmas and they've actually, they've improved my game, but I'm still awful. Uh, and I, I have people reach out all the time and say they can help me. My wife got me lessons for Christmas. I haven't yet scheduled the lessons, and I need to. 
because then I mentioned I'm a bad golfer. No, no, listen, listen. I know people who say I'm a bad golfer. This, oh yeah, you should go play with me. I'm a bad golfer. It's like, what's your handicap? Oh, you know, my handicaps, it's 20, 30, whatever. Yeah, I don't even have a handicap. That's how bad I am. My handicap is measured in balls lost, um, not in balls lost and beers drunk. It, it's not measured in actually how many hits it takes. Although I went out the other day and I, oh, shut up. Oh, hush. Charlie says I could use gardening tools and it wouldn't make a difference. Whatever. The golf clubs make an act. The PXG golf clubs make a real difference. Scientifically, technically shown to make a difference. I went for like my two hour fitting went for about four hours. I suck so bad, but they certainly made a difference in any event. I need to move on because otherwise he's going to do me cares about your golf game. Don't give me something people care about. People care because they love me. Just because you don't doesn't matter. I need to be a producer for a radio show. Won't give me a hard time. All right. I will move on to other things. I made him copy all this audio for me, and then I haven't used it. That's why he's mad. So I will now talk about things that I promised him I would talk about so that you guys understand. I want to begin with Amy Walter. She is with the uh, Cook Political Report. Now, I feel bad for the guy. So Charlie Cook is uh, is not not the um, one at National Review, but the one on um, or no, 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 no. I'm 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 thinking of what's his name. Um, not the Cook Political Index. Oh, what's his name in, at the University of Virginia? Larry Sabato, Sabato's Crystal Ball. I feel sorry for the people at Sabato's Crystal Ball because Larry Sabato has been broken by Donald Trump. He is now an aggressive, shrill partisan on television, and yet the the uh, Sabato crystal ball actually does a pretty good job. But Amy Walters with the Cook Political Report. This is listen to this. This is this is spot on. Amy Walter, <laughs> I, I will. Uh, I want to put up. She brought up Mark Kelly, uh, and uh, I'll br- add another senator in here, Maggie Hassan. Hassan yeah, Let yeah. me put up here, Mark Kelly. Unacceptable to end Title Forty Two without a plan and coordination. Maggie Hassan ending Title Forty Two prematurely will likely lead to a migrant surge. And, of course, we heard from Joe Manchin, Title 42 has been an essential tool. This is Immigration is not a just a border line. issue, no. right? Because New it Hampshire. becomes, right, it becomes. They're not worried about Maine. More of, <laughs> they are much, this is much about the issue of competency, preparedness. Um, you know, you and I, well, everyone around the table, we watch a lot of campaign ads. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching a lot of Republican primary ads. And it seems like immigration's in every one of those ads. So I went back and I asked the folks who who cover this, yes, Mm -hmm. but more so than ever. So at this point, this is early March, more than 30% of all Republican primary ads mention the border or immigration. At this point in 2018, it was 12%. It is an issue that is not just animating. Right now it's animating the Republican base, but it becomes an issue, as I said, much more about is the administration prepared to deal with the problems that go on their plate? And it just seems that so so often with the administration thus far, it is much more about wish casting yeah. than it is preparation. Wish casting about inflation, that, right? It's going to be transitory. Yeah. Wish casting that we're going to get mansion, we're going to get cinema. They're going to they're going to just come around eventually. This immigration isn't going to solve itself. The border isn't going to solve itself. It's not. Now, one more here. This is uh, the panel discussion on CNN. 
Everything the president just said that we just listened is true. It's also largely irrelevant. When inflation is where it's at, when you see gas prices going where, where it's at, we can talk about a jobs report here. We can talk about the latest PCE numbers of the CPI and all of us former Bloomberg reporters can really get into the weeds, right? But there's one number that they can't really change right now, and that is what the placard says at the local gas station. Yeah. And that number is high, and that's a daily jobs report that voters, that Americans, consumers see every day, and there's nothing the White House can do about it other and bring down the price of gasoline, which is tough. And, and, and maybe blame Putin. And he, th this week, the tagline was the Putin price hikes or something to that effect. Look, when I uh, drive past gas stations that say blame Putin more than they right. say let's go Brandon, I'll know the White House. The, well, I'll, know the White House I'll know the White House has been successful in messaging it. Yes. Listen, and they can say messaging all they want. Reality is the problem for this White House, not the messaging. Here's something to pay attention to in politics. This is not always the case, but it, it tends to be the case that when your side is losing, you complain about the messaging. When reality is the problem, I want to play you one last clip, and it's very subtle, very, very subtle. You may not pick up on it immediately, and it's just someone talking. It's not talking about the Biden administration. It's not explaining their problems, just talking about a, a, a policy issue. This is Jen Psaki. The White House press secretary destined for MSNBC. Today, the Department of Homeland Health and Human Services and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services made important announcements in response to the vice president's call to action to improve health health outcomes. Beginning today, as many as 720,000 pregnant and postpartum people across the United States could be guaranteed Medicaid and children's health insurance program coverage for up for a full 12 months after pregnancy, thanks to the American Rescue Plan. Did you catch it? Listen one more time. Today, the Department of Homeland Health and Human Services and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services made important announcements in response to the Vice President's call to action to improve health, health outcomes. Beginning today, as many as 720,000 pregnant and postpartum people across the United States could be guaranteed Medicaid and children's health insurance program coverage. Pregnant and postpartum people. It's very subtle. It's part of the problem with the Biden administration. People generally can't get pregnant. There's a subset of people called women. Women can get pregnant. But the White House has decided to go all in on the transgender agenda. And so it's no longer pregnant and postpartum women or moms. It's people birthing people and birthing person. Remember when, when this originally happened, um, people on the left said it was, it was hysterical. Um, it, it, it's nonsense. Don't pay attention to it. Uh, it's just hysteria. They said a lot of things, but the reality here is the left has been doing this war with language for some time, and they're all kind of denying it now. They're all kind of saying, well, we this is the way we've always done it. But it's not the way they've always done it. They used to say pregnant woman, postpartum woman. Roy Texiera is a progressive Democrat. 
He wrote the book about the emerging Democratic majority that has not come to be. And of all places, he's gone to write a national review. As a lifelong man of the left who very much wants the Democratic Party to succeed, I regret to report this. The Democrats and the Democratic brand are in deep trouble. That should have been obvious when Democrats underperformed in the 2020 election, turning what they and most observers expected to be a blue wave into more of a ripple. They lost House seats and performed poorly in state legislative elections, and their support among non-white voters, especially Hispanics, declined substantially. Still, they did win the presidency, which led many to miss the clear market signals this underperformance was sending. That tendency was strengthened by the Democrats' improbable victories in the two Senate runoffs in Georgia, which gave them full control of the federal government, albeit by the very narrowest of margins. At the same time, Trump's refusal to concede the election and his encouragement of those who stormed the Capitol led many Democrats to assume that the Republican brand would be so damaged by association that the Democratic brand would shine by comparison. And yet, two years later, the Democrats are in brutal shape. Most Democrats, I'm skipping ahead some, most Democrats would prefer to believe that the current dismal situation merely reflects some bad luck. The Delta and Omicron variants of the coronavirus did undercut Biden's plans for returning the country to normal, interacting with supply chain difficulties to produce an inflation spike that angered consumers, but that is not the whole picture. Democrats have failed to develop a party brand capable of unifying a dominant majority of Americans behind their political project. Indeed, the current Democratic brand suffers from several deficiencies that make it somewhere between uncompelling and toxic to many American voters who might otherwise be the party's allies. I locate these deficiencies in three key areas, culture, economics, and patriotism. One more paragraph here. By the way, if you text SHOW to 33777, there's a link in there to my daily email substack. If you subscribe, you'll get all these links that I'm referring to. Uh, in fact, we have started producing every day, right as the show starts, all of my links that I refer to in the show are in there. But more than that, it's all the other stuff. It's beyond the show notes links. It's all the most important information and news of the day that you need. You'll be the most informed person in your office, your circle of friends by subscribing. And, and I mean, just subscribe to my daily email. It comes to your email box. You start reading it. All the links are there. This one's in there. This last paragraph from the Roy Texera piece of National Review. To understand the state of affairs... We must understand the trajectory of the American left in the 21st century. It is now out of touch with its working class roots and dominated by college-educated professionals, typically younger people in big metropolitan areas and university towns. They fill the ranks of media, nonprofits, advocacy groups, and foundations and are overrepresented in the infrastructure of the Democratic Party. They speak their own language and highlight the issues that most animate their commitments to social justice. They talk about structural racism, systemic racism. They call America a white supremacist society. They use the phrase Latinx, and they use the phrase birthing person and pregnant people. I venture to say birthing person and pregnant people 
is akin to Latinx. A very small portion of people in America use the phrase, and they are all white and progressive. In fact, there's been a survey on the word Latinx. Only 3% of America uses that phrase. 0% of Latino and Hispanic people use it. 100% of the people who use the phrase Latinx are white progressives. Doesn't surprise me. These people are out to lunch on the issues of the day. They are driven by racial politics, identity politics. They are driven by intersectionalism, their ties to wokeism, social justice nonsense. Most Americans want a job, want to work, want steady income, and don't want their kids being indoctrinated about the sexual revolution by progressive teachers. And the left wants to do all of that sort of stuff uh, to their kids, indoctrination, social justice politics, make their kids feel either victim or oppressor. These people are out to lunch, and many of them don't have kids. If they have kids, they're all deeply screwed up. I mean, you got the, the Disney president and her pansexual kid, and she thinks we need more pansexualism in Disney movies for everyone else. Y'all, I'm sorry. Oh, man, there's just no way to say this without getting yourself in trouble. But I really do wonder how much of the cultural fight from the left is driven largely by well-to-do, high-income, white-earning parents who screwed up their kids and don't want to take the blame for screwing up their kids so they want to make the rest of us explain their kids' deviancies as normal and their own problems. How many of these people have screwed themselves up and they can't acknowledge it it's like the great conspiracy theorists of the world, so many conspiracy theorists. The conspiracy theories are designed to avoid having to accept responsibility for screwing up their own lives. And with white progressive liberals, it's they screwed up their lives, and so the rest of us got to embrace the wokeism so they can avoid accountability for screwing themselves and their families up. That's where we are, and these people are deeply out of touch with society, and they're causing the Democratic Party to lose culturally. But that's okay. They got a bunch of Republicans out there saying, we should stop talking about these issues and just be good managers. And those people should never be allowed to come back to power in the Republican Party. Now, one of the groups that's out there fighting culturally, conservatively for us, they're Christian, they're conservative, they're great company, they're Patriot Mobile, and they need your business because they take a portion of their profits and give it to the conservative movement, to the pro-life movement, to the Second Amendment movement, to the veterans and first responders. You can help them by taking your business there, and you get great self-service. I mean, they use the same towers everybody else uses, so you don't have to worry about coverage. If you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric today, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, you can see their their map. I mean, I can see my house on their map. You can get all the way down to a city block and see what the coverage is. Data, 5G, voice, you name it, they got it, and they have 100% U.S.-based customer service. You can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Tell them Eric sent you. You get free activation. Great discounts, too. Talk to them about the discounts you can get. There are too many of them for me to name. There are a lot of them. You can save some money. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or 972-PATRIOT. I, I have flagged this for Charlie. This this is an actual thing that actually just happened, and we should actually be appalled by it. Um, got to shake up the rest of the show of what I was going to talk about because you got to hear this for yourself. Here now, the president of the United States of America. 
When I was a young senator, I was a, there was a guy who uh, ran steel from Deemer Steel out to Ohio. And uh, so I decided to ride out with him to see what it was like on the strike. And I was driving, going through Shiloh, Ohio. And, uh, and we, he, he was, his handle was Big Ten. And remember, everybody, all the truck stops were being blockaded at the time during the strike. And he, uh, he called, he said, Big Ten wanting to come in. I forget exactly how he said it. And the, and the only woman truck driver I ever knew I met that day, she said, this is Big Mama, no room. <laughs> Swear to God, true story. <laughs> Someone needs to tell Joe Biden, Big Mama says no room for any more of your policies or spending. Oh, my gosh. The president of the United States of America talking about Big Ten and Big Mama. Someone somewhere is offended, I'm sure. I find it hysterical. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.